0: Pastor Mike Todd goes viral for saying some seemingly troubling things about transgenderism and homosexuality, and another so-called pastor is also gaining attention for stating that drag is holy. And a courageous Christian hockey player refused to go along with his team's Pride night earlier this month. Also, we'll give a brief update on Trump's potential arrest. A lot going on. This is all brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use promo code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Wednesday. Hope everyone's having a wonderful week. If you have not listened to yesterday's episode where I had my dad on, he talked about his life story, but we also talked about Trump's apparently impending arrest and what that may look like. He gave some predictions based on some information that he got yesterday. Trump was not arrested yesterday. We're not really going to get in depth on that. I just wanted to say that off the top. He is possibly still awaiting arrest. But as my dad said yesterday, there's probably not going to be a perp walk. Remember, he is still protected by Secret Service. Secret Service is not going to allow that. And so we'll see what this actually looks like. Again, go back and listen to yesterday, why we think that this is just a complete and total witch hunt. There is no grounding in the rule of law, no integrity, none of that. This is a political show. And this has also kind of sparked a conversation about the presidential election, whether this is going to help or hurt Trump, whether Desantis's response is going to help or hurt uh, him. I honestly don't think this is going to stick as much as people think it will. I know it seems like that, and maybe for some people it will, But look, news moves fast. There's going to be another thing, another dramatic scene that plays out in the next few months. Remember, a year is a long time. It's going to be about a year before the presidential election really starts heating up. Governor DeSantis hasn't even announced whether he is going to run for president. So as much as I think people today believe that this is going to the deciding factor for who becomes the Republican nominee, I, I think it could have an effect. I don't think it's going to have as big of an impact as people think. Remember, people have amnesia. Things are said, things are done by politicians, and people forget very quickly. They care much more about what that president may or may not do for them and their family. So that's where we are. We still don't know if President Trump is going to be arrested. It's a sad day in our country where this is even a question. Remember, this is over a misdemeanor. The statute of limitations has expired on this misdemeanor. They are trying to make it a felony, which is absurd. So we'll see. We'll see what plan, uh what uh, pans out and we'll see. What happens there, and I—I I don't know. Sometimes I just don't have the answer to the state of this country, except for God is totally sovereign. That's one of the things that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the consistency of God, the consistency and reliability of God's word, and how what some pastors and Christian leaders say uh, don't seem to correspond with that reality. And we're going to start out with this story about Mike Todd. Mike Todd is a pastor of a large church called Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We've talked about Mike Todd before. He had that egregious scene on stage at his church where he actually spit into his hands, like hocked a loogie into his hands. This really grosses me out to say, and like put it on the face of someone in the congregation that he brought up on stage trying to make some kind of biblical illustration all right it was really gross he ended up apologizing for that but that's of course not the only thing i disagree with mike todd theologically on quite a few things uh he leans prosperity gospel uh you can go back and you can listen to his sermons you can read some of his books um i feel very confident in saying that that's not to say he doesn't say things that are also true and that are also edifying at times um i mean the same is true for almost any pastor that calls themselves a that Uh, that is a prosperity preacher and a health and wealth, name it and claim it preacher. There are things that Joel Osteen says that are uplifting, that are biblical, that are true, that doesn't mean that he doesn't present um, in a lot of ways a false gospel. I don't think Mike Todd is necessarily on the level of Joel Osteen, but certainly leans towards the health and wealth, name it and claim it kind of theology. Um, And now he is under fire for a viral clip that's going around. It's from a sermon from March 5th. And the sermon is titled Power Trip to Power Flip, Serve the Kingdom. It's part four in a sermon series called King Dumb, D-U-M-B. It's a play on words to indicate that if you don't have biblical knowledge, you can't know God. And here's what I'll say. So I saw this clip going around and I was like, oh, my gosh, I've got to respond to this. This is so sad that a pastor doesn't know how to talk about this very sensitive, but very clear subject of sexuality and gender identity. And I was just totally ready to slam him for this because this just breaks my heart when you have someone who is so talented and so influential, has so many people sitting in front of him asking for wisdom when he just so clearly gets it wrong and pretends that the word of God equivocates on this. But as usual, the clip was kind of pulled out of context and I'm not saying that I agree with everything that was said and I'm going to play you a little bit of the clip, but I am going to read you the context and I think that it's better than what people are saying on Twitter. He actually offers more clarity than what he appears to offer in this clip. So we'll talk about the good and bad and the ugly. And the reason I'm doing this is not to pick on Mike Todd, because we all say things that we don't mean, or maybe we say things and we look back and we wish that we had said it better or more clearly. That is certainly true of me. I've done so many interviews and so many podcasts. There are so many things that I look back on and I'm like, that's not necessarily theologically correct, or I wish I would have just explained that better. And so I'm not trying to pick on him. What I am trying to do is to offer an example of one way to explain these sensitive identity-centered subjects and then for us to compare that to what God's Word actually says, which is always so graciously clear on these so-called culture war issues. So let me play you this clip that's going around that is so controversial, especially among conservative evangelicals. As a pastor, like, so what do you think about gay I don't know. I don't know why you're wrestling like that, and I don't know what to do to help you, but to stand with you and pray with you, and not—and you're welcome at Transformation Church. Trans is in the title, transformation. You can be here. Oh God, you're loved here. I want you here. Okay, before I give my thoughts on that clip, let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day, and that is Eden Pure. So, Eden Pure makes this awesome air purifier. It's called the Thunderstorm, and you plug it right into your wall. It takes care of the bacteria, the viruses, the bad odors that might be. In the air in your home or even when you're traveling, this little air purifier is so small, so compact that you can actually travel with it. And you don't have to worry about what's hanging on to the air when you're in that musty hotel room or whether you're at home and you're trying to get rid of like the dirty diaper smell or the pet smell or you just want to make sure that your air is clean and fresh. The a Thunderstorm air purifier from Eden Pure is really awesome for that. It uses O3 technology to make sure that your air is purified. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. For whole home protection, you'll get three units for under $200. That's a fraction of the cost compared to other air purifiers that can go for over $600. So you can put one in every room of your house if you want. This is a special offer. You're giving three units for under $200. EdenPureDeals.com Use discount code Allie at checkout to save $200 EdenPureDeals.com Discount code Allie EdenPureDeals.com All right, so that's what's circulating on social media where he says, people ask me what I feel about gay marriage and I'm like, I don't know. And then he says, trans is literally in our name. You can be here. And it's really hard to even tell what he's saying because he got all these people in the audience cheering after every word. And look, I I know that I'm not a charismatic and so I'm used to kind of like, my prim and proper Southern Baptist church where you don't kind of make that noise. And I'm not, so I'm not saying that that's wrong. I don't want like my bias to influence what I'm about to say, but it does seem like it's, I mean, it's the same way, like a, um, you know, a Stephen Furtick church where he has people in the front that are cheering on the things that he has to say. This just feels less like preaching from the word of God, less like trying to point to God and more about him and more about a performance and more about what he's saying. I mean, after every single word, you've got people standing up and cheering. Well, he's not even saying anything. Like he literally said one word. Why are we cheering for what he said? Trans is in our name. And they literally showed the congregation. There's people standing up and applauding for that. What is going on here? What is going on? So I do take issue. I'm... I'm okay with different types of worship styles and all different kinds of things as long as they are um, biblically based. I don't think that the only one way to worship is how Southern Baptists worship at all. but when I see things like that and when I know that he leans kind of toward prosperity, it just makes me feel like, okay, is this really a church service or is this some kind of performance where you're trying to get affirmation from people for basically not saying anything? So, but I do want to give him the benefit of the doubt here because what he said right there, absolutely ridiculous absolutely ridiculous. Trans is in our name, and so you're welcome here. However, if you look at the context of what he's saying, what he's actually saying is not justifying transgenderism, is not justifying what is typically referred to as gay marriage. If you look at the context of what he's saying, he is actually saying, look, this is a complicated subject. Okay, He might be saying that, or this is really uncomfortable. It's culturally inconvenient. All I know is what the kingdom of God is. All I know is what the Bible says. And I don't know that I would say that he's apologizing, but kind of he's kind of saying, look, this is just what the Bible says. So let me read you a little bit of what he actually says here that I think makes these out of context clips better. So he, around 45 minutes into his sermon, he starts talking about how to serve in God's kingdom. You have to submit and relinquish your opinion on things. And he said, God's already decided some stuff that we think we can have an opinion on. God decided male and female. And then the audience kind of mildly cheered. Okay. So he said that. I think that that, that sentence alone is really important context that he said, God decided male and female. So he's going back to Genesis 1:27. God already decided that we got to relinquish our opinion on that. Uh, he said, no, I, I need y'all to hear my heart on this. I'm. This is not a bashing. Um, and he said, if I was there, maybe I would have told him, is there something in the middle you could do? I feel you. And I wish there was an option of other in the kingdom and culture. You can make it whatever you want to. And culture, you can build whatever you want to. But the truth of the matter is that if we are going to submit under what the king says, I'm going to have to wrestle with that. I don't even fully understand. So very unclear, but basically he's saying, look, I don't want to be anti-transgender. I don't want to say that it's only male and female. This is just what God's word says. And I can sympathize with that. I do take issue with kind of the caveating, the nuancing and the apologing for uh, apologizing for God's word as if like we are more compassionate than God, as if we're nicer than God or kinder than God or more loving than God. I think we can stand on God's word without apologizing for it. But I understand the sentiment. He's like, yeah, this is inconvenient. This is uncomfortable, but this is what God's word says. So uh, he he says, well, why did, so he's quoting, well, why did? I don't freaking know. No, honestly, I wish God would have made it so much simpler. And it was like A, B, C, or D, like frick. No, I'm serious. This is this is a sermon. As a pastor, it's like, so what do you think about gay marriage? I don't know. But I do know in the kingdom, I'm not the king. I don't I don't know why he decided to do it like this. I don't know why you're wrestling like that. And I don't know what to do to help you, but to stand with you and pray with you. And you're welcome at Transformation Church. Trans is in the title, transformation. Transformation can, uh, can be here. You're loved here. I want you here. And then he says, so again, that was the problematic part that people are taking issue with. And then he says, will I marry you? And what he means by that, like, will I officiate your marriage if you are two men or two women? He says, I can't. Not because I don't think you found love, just as a kingdom ambassador. When I look back at the orders that are in the constitution of the kingdom, I know people don't like to talk like this because they want it to be black and white, but there's some things on earth I don't have the answers to. And so when I don't know, I just default. I, I... I come sub to the mission. Got it. Um, I know people are going to try to make this clickbait and make it something I didn't say. I hope you hear the heart of what I'm saying. I wrestle and pray for all types of people all the time. How freaking unfair it must feel to feel something every day of your life and it not line up with the God you love. I don't have all the answers. So that's the context of what he's saying. And some of what he says, obviously there, it's true that God already decided this. It doesn't matter our opinion. He's also trying to show some empathy there, that I understand you feel a certain way. Maybe you're confused about your identity. Maybe you are attracted to a certain gender, and that's simply not what God's word says is holy. That must be really hard. So I can appreciate that. What I don't appreciate here is the lack of clarity. And again, the apology for what God's word says and for the constant saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Because while he says that he is standing on God's word, he is also giving himself an out. And I don't think that we need to let God off the hook. I don't think we need to give ourselves an out. Again, if God created all of this, if he's in charge of all of this, if he is the authority over all of it, if he is the definer of all things, the arbiter of right and wrong, what's true and what's false... Like if Genesis 1-1 is true, that God created the heavens and the earth, then yes, we can submit to his authority on all things, but we can do so without caveat or apology. Sure, we can have empathy. We can say, wow, it must be really hard to be tempted by that. I'm also tempted by things. I'm also confused about things. I understand that this runs counter to what the culture says. But, and here's something else that he doesn't do in this long segment is actually go to the word of God and read the word of God. Like if you don't know, if you're confused about what to say, if you're trying to find the right words, then the truest and best and most effective thing that you can do is read God's own words rather than relying on on our faulty and fallible wisdom. The Bible is so clear about this. And it also troubles me that he says, I don't know why God did it this way. I don't know why God made us male and female. I don't know why God says marriage is between a man and a woman. Dude, you're a pastor. You should know. You should know. It actually doesn't help your congregation to say, I don't know. That's not humility. That's ignorance. And you have too much influence to be ignorant at this point. And actually, I think that he might not be ignorant. He just doesn't really want to say it. He doesn't want to say it because to me, it seems like he's so scared of sounding like a bigot, or of being criticized for being conservative, or whatever, that he just he knows the truth. It's clear here. He knows the truth. And he's willing to kind of say it or imply it, but he doesn't want to explain the whole thing, at least in this sermon. And I tried to give as much context as possible. I mean, we've given this alliteration a million times. Please, Mike Todd, you can use it. I mean, you might not want to say this is from Ali Stuckey in your sermon. I'm not sure how that's going to fly, but um, maybe just say that someone said marriage between a man and a woman, according to the Bible, is rooted in creation. We see that in Genesis 1. It's reiterated throughout Scripture. One example is honor your father and mother. It's repeated by Jesus himself, Matthew 19, 4 through 5. That is so clear. It is reflective or representative of Christ in the church. We read that in Ephesians 5. And therefore, it is reflective of the gospel. Wow, there is spiritual, there is eternal significance to the definition of male and female, and therefore the definition of marriage between a man and a woman. It's all there. And so even the people who say, oh, we can't listen to Leviticus, or we can't listen to First Corinthians, or we can't listen to Romans 1, which that's all silly. Look, okay, even without those totally legitimate and valid verses and passages, by the way, which are very explicit, we can look at what God calls holy, what God calls good, and we can say there is some kind of mysterious, spiritual, eternal significance to the definition of things. And because God is so good, and because God is so powerful, and because God is love, as First John 4, 8 says, We can and must, as Christians, submit to him in these things. That's the why. That's the why. As a pastor, as someone who I think God has gifted in so many ways, has obviously gifted him a congregation to steward, he needs to know why. No, it's not enough at this point in your ministry to say, I don't know. I don't know why God made us male and female. I don't know why God made marriage this way. I appreciate you saying that he did. I do. People need to hear that. People do. But people want to know why. It's innate. It's the same reason why when we're toddlers, we say, why is something like this? Why do we do this? we want to know why. As a pastor, that's your job as far as you can. And the good news is is that we don't have to rely on our own wisdom or our own smarts, our own knowledge to tell people why. Again, the truest and most effective, most loving thing we can do is simply agree with God. How do we agree with God? We look at, we read, we preach what God's word says, and we say, I agree with that. Not because I fully understand it, not because it's easy, but because I am called to imitate God and because I want to love my neighbor, the only way I can do that is to imitate and follow the God who says he is love. And that God who says he is love says that he made us male and female and that marriage is between one man and one woman, period. End of story. Of course, that's going to get backlash. Of course it is. Of course, people are going to call you unloving. Of course, people are going to call you hateful. Yeah, that's the story of the church. That's been the story of the church for 2,000 years, being both misunderstood and maligned. And all we say is to God be the glory. Most loving thing that we can do is to speak the truth without caveat and without apology. So that's just what I encourage. That's what I encourage every pastor, every Christian to do. And we're going to fail at that. I also want to just caution because I've fallen into this trap too. I have. And I apologize for any time I've done this. It's never been purposeful. Just caution people against taking words like this out of context, because I do think that Mike Todd deserves a little more credit, a little more credit on this um, than he's getting, even though there are things to say with how he kind of handled this, um, it, it wasn't a complete like affirmation of transgender ideology or gay marriage. So I think it's important to just um, kind of note that. But I did want to respond to it because I do think that responding to things like that can show people and not that I'm perfect at this again, show people what the right response is based on what God's Word says. It's actually such a gracious gift that God gives us so much clarity on this issue that we don't have to wonder, what's gender? What's marriage? What's holy sexuality? God is so abundantly clear because being sovereign, He absolutely knew that this was going to be a difficult issue for the culture and for individuals. And so He lays it out for us. Thank you, Lord. All right. Before we get into the next crazy thing going on in the church, let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day, and that is Seven Weeks Coffee. I love this company. They're a fairly new sponsor. And I knew as soon as I heard their mission yes, I want them to advertise on my show because I believe in them and what they do. And I know my audience will too. So, this is a coffee company that um, is pro-life and they support pregnancy centers across the country. You guys have heard me talk about these pregnancy centers that meet so many incredible physical, emotional, spiritual needs for families and their babies, especially mothers in crisis. And 10% of every sale um, of seven weeks coffee goes to a pregnancy center around the country. They donate 10% of Every sale to pregnancy care centers across America—that's just incredible. Um, actually, they already or they raised over eighty thousand dollars in their first year. They're now supporting over 375 pregnancy centers. And the reason why it's called Seven Weeks Coffee is because um, at seven weeks, that little baby, that little embryo is the size of a coffee bean. So that's why it's called that. I absolutely love these people. I love this company. I love this mission. So if you want really good, high quality coffee and you also want to support babies and their mothers and their families, then you should be getting all of your coffee from Seven Weeks Coffee. We love it. We've been using it in our home and we love coffee. Um, and we really, really like the quality and taste of 7 Weeks Coffee. And we just feel good about supporting them all around. So go to 7weekscoffee.com, 7weekscoffee.com. Use promo code Allie to save 10% on your order. Use promo code Allie at checkout at 7weekscoffee.com to save 10% off your order. 7weekscoffee.com, code Allie. All right, you've probably seen this other clip circulating that has gone viral. And this is a progressive pastor who is talking about drag. And if you don't know, if you're a sweet summer child and you don't know what drag is, I actually had someone the other day in my church who could not think of the term drag or drag queen and was trying desperately to explain what he was talking about. And it really made me laugh. And I was like, wow, I love that you are so disconnected from the craziness that is Twitter that you can't think of the word drag. So for those of you who don't know, drag is when men, grown men, well, I guess in some really scary and perverse cases, these are young boys also, something that happens in the United States, dressing up like women. Now, very often they are wearing prosthetic breasts, thongs, corsets, Fishnets, high heels, and people will tell you that it's not innately sexual. Look, a man dressing up as a caricature of a woman is always going to be inappropriate, in particular for children. Um, Cross dressing, a man dressing like a woman is wrong, but also in the sexual and caricature like nature of drag, it's not something that will ever be glorifying to the Lord. However, this particular Pastor, Reverend Dr. Caleb J. Lines, um, he posted this on his TikTok. Here's his argument to the contrary. Drag is holy. There has been an assault on the rights of drag performers in this country, and we must call out the hypocrisy and the injustice. Jesus called himself a mother hen longing to gather up her chicks. Gender is a construct, you see. And if Jesus can be a mother hen, then you can dress in drag. I've even heard it said that Jesus was, and humanity is, God in drag. So let me say this again for those of you in the back. Drag is holy. Um, I was expecting there to be a lightning storm right after all of that blasphemy. I mean, that person, I think it's safe to say, is not a believer. He is not a believer in Jesus Christ. He does not believe in the basic tenets of Christianity. He doesn't believe in Genesis 1, the first chapter of the first book of the Bible that contains many of the fundamentals of our faith, what we understand about human nature and the nature of God, the nature of creation, which, as we just said in that first segment, God made them male and female, made them in his image, male and female, Genesis 1, Right there, we've got the definition of marriage. We've got the definition of gender. And what I believe is the first implicit condemnation of abortion, that we are different from all the creatures in creation. We are actually made in God's image. There is something special about humans. And actually, in Genesis 9, 6, when God demands, commands the death penalty in cases, of murder. What he refers to as his reasoning is that human beings are made in God's image. That's how valuable we are. That's why murder is so egregious. It's different than animal sacrifice. Human beings are different. We are special. We have an innate worth and innate value because Genesis 127, we are made in the image of God. And being made in the image of God means being made male or female. Now, whenever I say this, people like to bring up, mm, what about what about intersex? So there's a very rare disorder that affects maybe, maybe 0.2, it might even be 0.02% of the population in which there are, are hormonal differences or there are even physical differences where there are traits of both male and female existent in a human being. Look, this is a fallen world. people are born in all different kinds of ways that humans are not supposed to be ideally born into. There are people who are born with just one leg. And do we say that human beings can have one leg or two legs? No, we say human beings are bipeds because we understand human nature. We understand that human beings as a species have two legs. They are bipeds. And we also understand that people are born with different anomalies. The exception does not rewrite the rule. That is the case with intersex. Intersex has nothing to do with transgenderism whatsoever. Of course, those people are also made in the image of God. They just are part of, just as we all are, a fallen world. So they're a part of all of our bodies that, uh, that are not perfect. But Jesus or God made the uh, human species as male or female. That's very clear. So when this pastor, so-called, says gender is a social construct, there is no biblical basis for that whatsoever. There is no biblical category whatsoever for something outside of male or female. There is no possibility. According to the God who created all of this and defines all of this to identify as something other than what your biology is. So I also take issue when people say, this person didn't say it, but people say this a lot, you especially see this on like the feminist activist side. People who are called TERFs, people who are against transgenderism, but are typically on the left, they'll say sex, not gender. We shouldn't even be using the word gender. Gender and sex are different. Gender is femininity or masculinity. These are social constructs that we should just do away with and shouldn't even think about. We should base our laws on sex, not gender. Look, those categories are the same. Those categories are the same. Sex and gender are the same thing. I don't think that we should try to separate them because that is actually the basis of transgender ideology. This idea that you can actually identify as something that is other than what your chromosomes say that you are and you can't. It's not possible. And this all goes back to people's people don't even realize this all goes back to how you think about human nature. This all goes back to teleology, the purpose of why we were made, who you think God is, If you worship the God of self rather than the God of Scripture, of course you think that you can identify as something other than what you are. But if you believe that there is a power that is higher than you, is who is the authority over you, who actually created you, then you cannot identify as anything other than what he made you to be. That's actually really freeing. That we don't have the power to identify ourselves or define ourselves, that he already did that for us. Thank you, Lord. But this pastor, this person who says that he's a pastor, doesn't understand that. He worships the God of self, and therefore he believes that he is more loving than God, that he is more compassionate than God. So, of course, he calls what God calls an abomination holy. He has exchanged the truth of God for a lie. So he elevates sin as good, of course. That's what all people with depraved minds do. That's what all people who worship the prince of the power of the air, as Ephesians 2 calls Satan, do. They continue to get it wrong. They confuse light for darkness and vice versa. The problem is, is that he now can amplify this confusing, this demonic message to millions of young people via TikTok, who are going to be very confused by this. No, of course, drag is not holy. Drag, like any other sin, like any other subversion of nature, is idolatry and is unholy. We had a previous drag queen on. Used to be a drag queen. He used to be on that scene. And thankfully, the Lord brought him to repentance. Can a drag queen be saved? Can a drag queen become holy? Absolutely. They're not more far off. They're not farther off than any of us were before we came to Christ. There's a radical equality that's brought to us by the gospel as we read again in Ephesians 2 that we are all equally dead in sin apart from Christ. And then by grace through faith, we can be made alive in Christ. And so no one is too far off. No one is too far gone. No one is too perverse or too sinful or too transgressive. But any so-called ambassador of God, so-called pastor that doesn't preach repentance to this community or any other community who is continuing to sin and celebrate sin cannot, in good faith, call themselves a representative of Christ and the church. The reality is this pastor hates God, and therefore he hates the people around him. He thinks that he is loving. He thinks that he is compassionate, but at the expense of their souls. So how loving is that really? Um, so I I pray for this pastor and all pastors like like him that they would repent, that they would know the God who is love and who also is truth. Um, it's really revealing having all of this kind of information and these differing perspectives on TikTok. Um, because then you see, wow, this is really how progressives see the world and see God. I mean, it is confusing to me why these people even why do you even want to pretend to be a Christian? Like, if you have no interest in submitting to God's word, if you don't even think the Bible is really God's word, like, do you just like to play dress up? You just like to put on the robes? You just like the the imdiv. Like, you just like the letters after your name? You just like the power that comes with leading a local congregation? Or you just, I guess, want a semblance of the comfort that you think comes from pseudo-Christianity? Like, I I don't know. Maybe that's it. But gosh, there are better things to do if you don't actually believe that God is the authority over all of this, then go to church on Sunday. I mean, go to brunch. If you're just going to worship yourself, there's no need for all of the pretense. I think actually it'd probably be better if you were dishonest with yourself and the world that you worship yourself and that you're more interested in what Satan has to say than what God has to say. Um, All right. Moving on to the next subject, let me pause and tell you about our next sponsor for the day. That is Adele Natural Cosmetics. I love Adele Natural Cosmetics. I use their products every day, whether it's their skincare regimen or whether it's their makeup. I love that they have all natural ingredients. Arlene, she started making her um, own cosmetics and her own skincare in 1999. She went through a health scare and she realized, wow, I really need to start thinking about what goes on my body and really start taking care of myself. And so that's why she started Adele Natural Cosmetics. All of their stuff is homemade in the state of Texas. This is a family run business. They're pro-life. They're Christians. And really super high quality products. I love their cleansing oil. I love their Blue Lagoon line, but I also use their Everyday Cleanser. I use all of their stuff because I truly love it and I feel really good about putting it on my body. I've started to be uh, more conscious of that over the past year and certainly over the past few years after having kids of just wanting to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and being as good of a steward as possible. And Adele Natural Cosmetics has really played a part in that. And I love what it does for my skin too. Go to adelnaturalcosmetics.com. Enter promo code Allie for 25% off your first order. adelnaturalcosmetics.com. Code Allie for 25% off your first order. adelnaturalcosmetics.com. Code Allie. Okay, here's a little bit of a happy story. don't know if it's necessarily happy, but it's an example of someone not equivocating and not going against what God's word says and actually doing the opposite, being a salmon, as we say, swimming upstream against the chaos of the culture. So there is an NHL player who refused to wear pride themed jersey in support of of the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, this is a report by Deadline. It was contributed to by the Associated Press. And if this story sounds really familiar, if you're like, oh, we talked about a very similar story a few months ago, that's because this is the second NHL player. There was another NHL player. Let's see, his name was Ivan Ivan Provorov, um, also declined to do this back in january also the new york rangers recently opted not to wear pride jerseys or use pride stick tape as part of their pride night in january despite previously advertising the plan so there's some pushback here i'm also just like very confused what's going on here i thought pride month was in june and even if this were happening in june like why do these sports teams have to wear rainbow jerseys and like rainbow hockey sticks why Like, what? What are they exactly supporting? What is going on here? Why do they have to make this statement? So now there is the second NHL player who is saying, no, I'm not going to do that. Thanks so much. This is a San Jose Sharks goalie, James Reimer. He's declined to participate in pregame activities on Saturday, March 18th, on that Pride night that would require him to wear a promotional Pride-themed jersey. Reimer issued a statement um, saying that he always strives to treat everyone with respect and that members of the LGBTQ uh, LGBTQ community should be welcome in hockey. But he says, in this specific instance, I am choosing not to endorse something that is counter to my personal convictions, which are based on the Bible, the highest authority in my life. So this is similar to what Ivan Provorov said back when he said he wasn't going to do this Not quite as he wasn't quite as eloquent. He just said, you know, this goes against uh, my faith. So the Sharks, the San Jose Sharks, said in a statement that they are proud to host Pride Night, saying the event reinforces the team's commitment to inclusiveness. As we promote these standards, we also acknowledge and accept the rights of individuals to express themselves, including how or whether they choose to express their beliefs, regardless of the cause or topic. As an organization, we will not waver in our support of the LGBTQIA plus, 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 plus community and continue to encourage others to engage in active allyship. Why? I just, I really do. I fail to understand why a hockey team needs to make a statement about this at all. Why? There was a time where we had neutral institutions. Well. I don't even know if you could say it was neutral. They tried to be neutral, as neutral as possible, at least when it came to these kind of contentious issues. And whether you think it's contentious or not, millions of Americans do. And it's not so much for most Americans. Most Americans are not conservative Christians like me. Most Americans don't really care about the L and the G or even the B. But when you start talking about the T, which is what Pride Night now represents, Now you're talking about men pretending to be women, or in some cases of some famous TikTok stars, men pretending to be six-year-old girls and getting celebrated for it and millions of dollars and sponsorships and recognition by the White House. You're talking about men going into girls' bathrooms. You're talking about men playing in female sports so that Women no longer have a fair shot at scholarships or championships or opportunities. You are talking about minors getting double mastectomies. You are talking about nine-year-old boys getting chemically castrated with the same drug that is given in many states to pedophiles to chemically castrate them. So when you're now talking about pride and you're talking about pride night and you're talking about the pride flag, you're including all of that. And whether or not you think it's great that girls as young as 12 at places like Kaiser Permanente in Oakland, California, according to one psychologist, are getting double mastectomies, like maybe you think that's awesome. Maybe you think it's great for 10-year-old boys to go on puberty blockers. Maybe you think it's awesome and amazing and fantastic for adolescents to be rendered permanently deformed and sterile because they're temporarily confused about their gender because they have other mental health issues that are underlying there. Even if you agree with all of that, there are millions of Americans who don't. And there is absolutely no reason for any entity to encourage in any way their players, their employees, to represent a movement that glorifies all of those things. It's actually very sick. It's very disgusting. And so I applaud this person for saying, no, I'm not going to do that. And I guess if I'm going to give any points to the San Jose Sharks, at least they say, we support our players right to express themselves how they see fit. I'm sure that this person, James Reimer, has been given a lot of hate I'm sure he's gotten a lot of pushback, even though ostensibly they're saying that they support their players, right to choose whatever they want to say. I'm sure it has been difficult for him just being the only one on his team. And it's it's sad too, because I highly doubt he's the only Christian on his team. I highly doubt he is only one of two Christians in the NHL. But how many players, and I understand this to a certain extent, but how many players, how many students, how many employees across the country? Just sit down and shut up because they want to keep their job. They want to get a good grade. They don't want to get canceled. They don't want to get mean messages. They know that it's wrong, but they would rather seek the approval of men than the approval of God. And look, I'm not saying that it's easy to stand up, to share the arrows, to raise a respectful ruckus about the things that matter. I'm not saying it's easy to get to to face that kind of exclusion or to face the threat of firing and not being able to feed your family and i'm not saying that you have to stand up in every single scenario but if we know anything about moral and sexual revolutions political revolutions as we've seen throughout history the most effective thing that you can do even if it's just effective in cleansing your own conscience is not lie and at this point waving a pride flag is lying it's lying because now included in that is the belief that men can become women and vice versa, and always it, it's actually always been lying, because I mean it's also the belief that two men and two women can form a marriage in the same way that a man or a woman can define all science, define all tradition, define all of human history, define God himself. Um, but now, I mean, you are blatantly denying biological reality um, at the risk of women's safety and fairness. I mean, now by waving the pride flag, you are endorsing men being put in women's prisons, even when they have been convicted of violent rape. You don't believe me? Just go to the Redux site. Go Go to their website, their news site, and you can read all of the stories of this happening. Now, when you wave the pride flag, you are celebrating that. It's all wrapped up. So maybe think about that. Even if you're not a Christian, of course, if if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be waving the pride flag at all. But even if you're not, just think about whether or not you want to endorse that. Why would the NHL be endorsing that? Why would any of these corporations or entities be a part of that, celebrating that? The White House celebrates that. Again, just a gas that anyone who calls themselves Christians could be in support of an administration or a political party that celebrates that kind of thing. Of course, there are Republicans who are too. I think I saw a Republican from the state of Kentucky, some legislator. I don't know if we have that that clip. We happen to have it in the server somewhere. Maybe not. But it was a Republican uh, state legislator, I think in Kentucky, saying that his grand his grandchild has come out as trans and he has to support that. So he's against um anything that would stop uh, the genital mutilation of children who happen to be confused about their gender you know that never happens on the other side like you never see those exceptions from democrats being like oh maybe dismembering babies is not great like you never see them making some kind of brave speech being heterodox going against The majority of what their side thinks about things. You don't see Democrat legislators standing up and saying, I don't know if we should be chemically castrating little boys. Doesn't really sound like a good idea. But our side, we have defectors all the time. And yet, of course, we are the ones accused of being the brainwashed fascists, even though we have plenty of people on our side who unfortunately We keep electing that are continually wrong on the most basic fundamental issues. But there are people like this, like the NHL player who stand up and say, you know what? I know it's not going to be popular. It's not going to be lucrative. I know I'm going to get a lot of hate, but scripture, highest authority. And so I'm going to submit to that. So I appreciate that. I appreciate this person who was willing to go into the metaphorical fiery furnace instead of bowing down before Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, that's what it is. The pride flag at this point is an idol that we have to refuse to bow down to, and there will be pushback. I mean, just look at the cake baker in Colorado. Uh, He has suffered for a decade plus because he didn't want to violate his conscience in creating a cake. So there's a cost when it comes to this. Don't let people tell you that these are just culture war issues. These are just political issues. We just need to love people. Look, for the Christian, these are not primarily political or culture war issues. These are primarily biblical issues. These are primarily Genesis 1 issues. And if you as a Christian are not willing... Two, you're not courageous enough to stand up for Genesis one, Genesis one twenty seven. I have a really hard time that you're uh, a hard time believing that you are going to be courageous enough to stand up for John fourteen six, that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through Him. That is much more offensive than the reality that God made us male and female. So let's go ahead and count the cost on this easy stuff, this really simple stuff, this really straightforward stuff that is so easily seen in biology. Uh, Before we are fully counting the cost for preaching the gospel that everyone is a sinner separated from God, which again, is far more offensive than the reality of gendered biology. All right, let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day, and that is Epic Will. So we don't want to think about this. We don't want to talk about death. We don't want to think about death, especially those of you who are young. You've got young kids. You've got your whole life ahead of you. And hopefully you never have to think about it. But the responsible thing to do as an adult is to make sure that you have a will. Make sure that if something happens to you, Lord forbid something happens to you or um, you and your spouse that those that you leave behind are totally taken care of. And it can be really intimidating too. You have to hire a lawyer, you have to fill out all this paperwork, you have to answer all of these questions. But Epic Will, my sponsor, makes it really, really easy to do. All you have to do is go to epicwill.com. It takes five minutes. They give you a template for a last will and testament, and then you just fill in the blanks. And it's only $119. And if you are a single mom, you've got kids under the age of 18 at home, then you get this totally for free. Uh, the guy who started it really has a heart for single moms. He was raised by a single mom. So he wants to make sure that you have this in place, but that you don't have to pay for it. So if you're a single mom under and you've got kids under the age of 18, you get this for free. For everyone else, it's $119, but if you use my link epicwill.com slash Allie epicwill.com slash Allie you'll save 10% on that so epicwill.com slash Allie you can get a complete will package in just five minutes go ahead take the time to do this um, either by yourself or with your spouse it's really important epicwill.com slash Allie epicwill.com slash Allie All right. So just a reminder, you've got until tomorrow night to enter our giveaway. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to Monday's episode. We've got a giveaway with all kinds of free stuff from our sponsors. We've got amazing gift cards from Good Ranchers, Carly Jean Los Angeles, other fun products. Merch. We've got new merch, guys. We've got amazing merch. I can't wait for my merch to come in when it does. I will probably only be wearing that merch because I love it so much. If you go to allymerch.com, we'll put the link in the description of this, ep- uh, of this episode, Allymerch.com. you can see all our new merch. And we've got even more awesome stuff that's coming your way, I don't know when, in the coming months. You can use ally 10 at checkout for Ten percent off, Ally. Ten at checkout for ten percent off. This will make a great Mother's Day gift, guys. Guys, relata bros out there, for the Related Bells in your life, they want a corduroy hat. Okay, they want a be a salmon crewneck sweatshirt. They want a tote bag with relatable on it. They want these things. I'm just letting you know right now. And she's considered. She's got it in her cart. And she's wondering whether or not she wants to spend the money on that. You know what? You just need to go ahead, get it for her, get it for her birthday, get it for her for Mother's Day. She will love it and she will thank you. I promise. I'm just giving you a little tip for your marriage or for your relationship with your fiance or your girlfriend. She wants relatable merch for these things. Um all right. Let's see. I don't know what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Let me know if you have any suggestions on Monday. We are going to have Ginger and Jeremy Volo on the show. I'm super excited about that. Feel free to send in some questions for them. Um my episode with Ginger Dugger Volo that we did in January did amazingly well you guys were so interested in her story and what she had to say about her upbringing and the theology that kind of characterized her upbringing i would go back and listen to that episode if you haven't just as like a part one and then we're going to do a follow-up on that on monday with both of them they're going to be in person which i'm really excited about so lots of fun stuff coming up all right thanks so much for joining and we will be back here tomorrow